Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Are you like most people? You've spent a good deal of time trying to strengthen your weaknesses. Do you sometimes, or maybe a lot of time, dwell on what you aren't particularly good at? You just, do you think about that? Oh, I got to get better at this, or I need to work on this skill or this talent. Oh, I've just got to get better at this. And you just focus on that. Or here's another one. How many of you just will wonder why someone else drives you crazy? Maybe it's your children and maybe it's your spouse. Well, in this episode of Equipped to Be, I have decided, uh, based on uh, multiple conversations that I have had, uh, also several speaking opportunities that I have had, that I'm going to dive into the area of strengths. And more specifically, it is called Clifton Strengths. And what I would like to do is, is give you a picture over a series of weeks. Uh, there's absolutely no way I could cover uh, this in any and do it any justice in a 30-minute broadcast. However, I've decided to make it a series. And they will be a standalone component, but you you will want to go back and listen, depending on which one of the um, episodes you are listening to. But as I have been teaching and training strengths, I have noticed several several things, and, and that is when I ask someone to tell me about themselves, do you know, invariably, I will hear what they're not good at, what they're struggling with. I'll also hear, you know, what they just really feel convicted to get better at. Oh, I got to get better at organizing. I got to get better at setting goals or finishing goals. Or I need to do better at getting in a routine. I need to be better about meeting new people. I, I tend to stay in my little bubble and I don't actually go out and meet other people. And I really need to be better at that. Or I'm not as friendly as I should be. Now, are, I'm not giving you code names here uh, or strengths per se, but I am giving you a peek into the conversations that I have had over the years. And the reason this is coming up is Every time I teach on strengths, I'm bombarded with questions. And, and more than that, I, I just see these moments in people's eyes, the, the aha moments, the moments uh, I will get on the call with someone and, and they'll ask me to unpack what they've just learned. And I'll hear this phrase, finally, it all makes sense. And that is the power of strengths. That is the power of knowing and operating and living 
and playing to your strengths. Now, obviously, there's there are a strengths misapplied is not good. Um, dwelling on our weaknesses is not good. Ignoring our weaknesses isn't good either. There is a balance to all of this. What does God have to say about this? I want to remind you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I want to remind you that God has formed and fashioned you for an assignment. The assignment that you're probably on right now. You're fulfilling right now. You're walking down this road. Will you stay there in this particular place that you are always? Maybe, maybe not. But I do know God has equipped you because he says it in scripture. He's equipped you to be a doer of his word. He's equipped you to be strong and confident and brave. He's equipped you to fulfill the assignment he's given you. As I discuss strengths, so that you can start this process in your own life, I, I'm going to I'm going to invite you to consider some things in your own life. I, I'm going to invite you to consider some things about your spouse or even about your children, maybe even your friends. But chances are, you dwell on what you can't do, and you spend far too much time trying to make your weaknesses into strengths, then you should be spending. Most people do. So if that is you, you know, here's not, this isn't another thing for you to beat yourself up over. Most people do that. You think about it. You've heard this analogy often. You come home and you get your school report or you get your performance report at work and and your performance review may be all above average, superior, excellent. Ah, but, but there's this one or two needs improvement, below average, whatever your performance review shows, uh, or your boss will sit down and have a conversation and they'll they'll do a SWOT analysis, which is your strengths and your weaknesses. It could be applied to the company. It could be applied to you. And man, when they point out your weaknesses, oh, it's like a ping in the heart. Immediately, you go to that place of, I got I to gotta make this better. I got to figure out how to make how how not to have that as a weakness. Well, and the same goes uh, when we get a report card. You can have straight A's, and then in one subject, let's say math, for example, you get a C in math. You get straight A's and everything else. And what happens? You know, let let's just say your parents go, well, you know, you better get working on that math more. And if you're a homeschool mother, you know what you do? Oh, we got to do more math. We got to. We got to bulk up on that math. Got to get that math higher. Now, hear me out. I am not saying you don't try to improve. You don't try to get your math better. You don't ignore your weaknesses. But I'm just going to say, just for the sake of proving a point here, if math is your struggle, you have a real hard time with ratios or differential equations. And some of you are thinking, what's differential equations? Well, honestly, I didn't know until I met my husband, who's an engineer. And then as I was homeschooling my son, who has also become an engineer, I learned a lot, a lot of stuff I didn't know. Uh, Guess what, though? I didn't care to know because that wasn't how God had wired me. I want to say this as we dive into the area of strengths and knowing what you are uniquely designed and gifted to do, I want you to experience a freedom to soar. 
Because if if strengths are applied properly, in the right measure, in the right motive, knowing that God has fearfully and wonderfully made you, you are one of a kind original, then guess what? You are free to soar. And I want to unpack some of those different areas as we go throughout this series. How do you like that idea? I would love for you to send me some notes and emails. I've gotten a lot of emails lately on different topics that I've spoken about, and I love addressing those. So feel free to email us here at equip to be uh, We would love to hear from you. You could uh, check us out on our social media. Um, ConnieAlpers.com is, is the best way to kind of get a hold of me uh, through social media. But now I, I just want to help you discover your strengths and discover your children's. Get a peek into the person God's made them to be. It'll improve your relationship. You won't struggle quite as much with knowing how to speak to them because when you know the strengths of another person and, and you understand their weaknesses, you have empathy for the areas that they struggle with and you have insight into how you can help strengthen the strengths that they have so that they can fulfill the calling God has for them. I got interested. People have asked me, Connie, why did you get so interested in this? Well, I'm a people person. For most of you who know me, I am definitely a people person. I am very intuitive. I study people. I can just read people, I guess is the best way to say it. No one can know the heart of another person, right? But I can watch and I do study and observe the behavior, the thoughts, the reoccurring patterns that I see with people. And I've done this my whole life. It came more evident to me when I worked for Walt Disney World. You know, you have to work with a very diverse group of people, all different backgrounds around the world, uh, different upbringings, different belief systems. And you have to perform a job. You have to perform work. You have to create magic for all the guests that are coming into the park. And so whether I was doing... uh, leading tours, or I was working with dignitaries and VIPs, or whether I was training new cast members. It was very important to know how people tick, because we don't want to make people ticked, right? And the way to know how people tick, how they think, how they feel, how they behave There's tools and resources available to help you get good at that. And that's where I became fascinated. I was training cast members to perform their jobs, and it was an intense training. It was not only did you get trained when you became a cast member for the company and you're learning company culture and you're learning the Disney way, but um, when they would apply for the guest relations department, which is the department that really works closely with guests, with VIPs, with dignitaries, all the special events at that time, they had to go through an interview process. And then once they were hired for that, then it was another two to two and a half week training process, very detailed. It was something about that time that I started to see something in me. And that is I wanted to know placement, talent. 
Obviously, somebody who doesn't like people, you don't want to put them in a greeter position, do you? Someone who isn't good with details, you don't necessarily want them helping to plan a project if they're not detail-oriented. If they're, if they're a visionary, they're going to struggle with how many cups should we order? How many pens should we order? Where should the seating charts be? I mean, they're going to struggle with that because they're thinking 30,000 elevation. This is going to be grand and epic. And someone that I know who worked at Disney was uh, vice president of innovation. And they were the big thing. They were the thinkers that had to come up with unusual ideas. And then, it, then once those ideas were developed out, you know, they were thought through and a decision was made, then guess what? Then, they, then it got turned over to another department to execute. Usually those are different people with different skill sets. Notice I said skill sets. They have a talent. And something that I noticed was being able for me to identify talent, develop it, and then help them figure out where it is they fit into this grand scheme of life, you know, the, the great, you know, the society at large, in their jobs, in their homes. Where does all of that fit? And how does it may even make sense? See, I love strengthening families. I love making memorable moments. I love helping people advance and reach their goals. And I do that by way of helping them see the areas that they are uniquely gifted for. Again, if you're struggling in math, it's not very likely you're going to go into a field of, say, engineering or a mathematician or a chemist or a pharmacist or an accountant. You might lean in a different field that works with numbers, but not, in the, not to the degree that those vocations would. So my first challenge to you is I want you to start paying attention. I want you to start paying attention to the things that give you life and energy and joy and excitement. I want you to pay attention to the things that you just, you like doing. You could get lost. You could spend hours and hours. Maybe it's research. Maybe it's talking with people. Maybe it's planning something. I want you to spend some time thinking about what it is that you do naturally, and you do it with excellence. And it's consistent. I mean, you just consistently do the same thing. This is not the same. I'm not talking about a routine here. I'm talking about your ability to consistently perform at an excellent, near-perfect performance every single time. Not perfect, near-perfect. I want you to start noting that if you haven't already. And if you have children, I want you to start doing this for them. I want you to start paying attention, start becoming a student. Now, let me give you some breakdowns of the strength finders and, and why I did Clifton Strengths. Well, it is run by the Gallup Institute, and Donald Clifton uh, was the person who was the founder of this. And it has been over five decades of research. One thing I like about Clifton Strengths is that it is research driven, it's based on data. Not feelings, not emotions. It's based on research and data. There have been over 22 million assessments given over the years. It's studied, it's documented, 
It's not a bunch of psycho mumbo bumbo. It's not a bunch of Facebook. What animal are you? What I'm not going to poo-poo any of those types of assessments. I'm just saying it's based on scientific data that has been compiled over observing thousands and tens of thousands of people. And so the Strength Finders is research-based and data-driven. And the whole purpose is to help you understand the areas that you have in the potential to have enormous talent. And I will teach you what the keys are to developing that talent in a later episode. So you're going to have to come back because again, I only have so much time, but I want to make a case here for why it even matters. So I have been learning about strengths for about, I want to say, 30-ish years, maybe a little longer. But more recently, I decided I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to study with a master coach, somebody who could take me further in understanding and being able to coach others so that they don't misapply it. Too many people will misapply information that they're given, and actually it ends up hurting them and those around them, not physically, but it, it hurts them because it can cripple them. So you know, knowledge is power, but you got to have the right knowledge. And then you have to apply that knowledge properly. So if I show you, okay, let's just define what strengths are. Just strengths are really talents. And what the Strength Finders assessment does, or Clifton Strengths, what they do is there is an assessment that you can take. You can go online from the Gallup Institute. There are 177 questions. Now, don't freak out. I want you to know this. Don't take the assessment if you don't have a block of time. Here's why. If you're faced with constant interruptions and banging in the, in the background, you're not going to be able to really think as clearly. So try to get yourself alone where you can have maybe an hour and a half, two hours, to take this assessment. You're not going to need that much time, but you may need time to kind of like settle your mind. And I'm going to tell you how to take it. So you go in and you sign up, you register and all that, and you're presented with, you get, it's like ready, set, go. And the reason they do that is every 20 seconds, the question advances. So you have 20 seconds to read the question, answer the question, and then it advances to the next question. Why does this matter? This is vital. Research has proven that after 20 seconds, you start second-guessing yourself. You start playing those head games that we all do. Well, sometimes I'm like that. I, I Well, you know, I probably should be more like that. But, okay, that's going to go on my list I got to get better at. <laughs> we do these head games, right? You do it. I do it. I've seen so many people talk themselves in and out of an answer because they're they're trying to rationalize why they don't do something or they feel guilty and therefore they're trying to now say, I'm going to, it's like making a New Year's resolution. I'm going to do this better. Let's just stop that. In order to really get to know who you are at the core of how God made you, you need to be honest. Here's an example. You go to the grocery store, somebody drops something and breaks it. This is not a question on the on the assessment, by the way. I'm just giving you a, as much of a visual and um, uh, illustration as possible. Here would be an example of the questions. I always stop to help them clean it up. 
I sometimes stop to help them clean it up. And then the middle one would be neutral. I don't really know what I would do in that situation. And then it would be, let's say, I rarely stop to help people clean it up, or I never stop and help people clean it up. Now, that is that, okay, so understand that is, that's an exaggerated point. But what I have seen people do is no, they would never stop and help somebody clean it up. And they feel bad as a human being because, gosh, that must mean that I'm an awful human being because I wouldn't stop and help somebody clean up a mess. Well, that person might be thinking, well, if you were more careful, you wouldn't have dropped it in the first place and it wouldn't have spilled and then there wouldn't have been an accident. So why do I need to spend my time when I only have 10 minutes on a lunch break to run in, grab something, I need milk, whatever it is, uh, to help you when if you were just careful in the first place, this wouldn't have happened anyway, or the store clerk's going to come and help. I mean, th- this is the kind of the thought process people will have with themselves. And you only get 20 seconds to have this conversation <laughs> with yourself. And they think, you know, I really am. I, You know, my spouse is right. I really am a, tor- a terrible person. I'm going to say I rarely. Well, that's a step up from never, but that's if you view never as being a bad person. Okay, that's what I want to dispel. When you, and, and let's just say you rarely, okay, I'm going to go to that neutral one, then I'm going to continue on. So so you have a, I always do, and I never do, I sometimes do, and I rarely, I sometimes or rarely do I, difference, right? And the neutral, I don't really know what I would do. Honestly, let's be honest, you know what you would do. I mean, Your heart would immediately know either I'm going to gravitate toward helping them clean it up or getting somebody to help them clean it up, or I'm going to pretend like I didn't see it because I am in a hurry or I'm distracted and I'm not going to help them clean it up because I know somebody else is going to come and help clean it up. Now, you'll hear, you'll see that neutral button. I really don't know. That's not the truth. There will be very few questions out of those 177 that you're truly not going to know. It's going to be so close. You're really not going to be able to answer that. You'll have to hit neutral. But I'm going to promise you that is is very few questions. Now, the reason that this matters, and this is the stuff that people really don't spend time when they're teaching about strengths, especially when they want you to get off, started off on the right track, is explaining this. I want you to hear me now. If you have taken the strengths finder and you know your you know your talents, your your themes, if you've taken that, great. I'm gonna invite you to tune back in as we unpack what those actually mean. If you're getting ready to because you're curious, I'm gonna say this right now. Either way, there are no bad strengths. You didn't miss out on the good ones. You are who God has created you to be. And he's created you to be a certain way, warts and all, friends, to fulfill the assignment he's given you. And that assignment is going to involve other people. So as you enter into this, and you, let's say you do do the strengths exam, the assessment, and you get those results and you start to freak out. And I have had people see the results and they just get so perplexed because they think they got, they didn't get the right strengths. 
that they're they're now an imposter because the job they're doing really requires this particular strength and frankly it's not in their top at all that's just the wrong thinking i'm telling you right now all strengths are good the whole purpose behind strength finders and it's one of the reasons why i i really like uh, doing that is because it helps you to look for what is good and right in people Headlines are always negative. We tell stories, we tell about the mishaps, the traumas, the tragedies. We talk about what we're not good at, what we're trying to get better at, what we're our, what our new resolutions are, how we're trying to become more efficient. I mean, we dwell on that. I just want to pause for a minute and say, I want us to learn to look for what is good and right in people. Friends, I want you to see what is good and right about you. Yeah, there's things that you need to work on. And there's things that, yeah, there's probably some things that people would say you're a jerk. Um, We all are in some areas because none of us is perfect. So this isn't about becoming perfect, reaching a level of perfection. This isn't about becoming excellent in everything. This is about knowing that you do have weaknesses, but I want you to learn how to manage them. Because obviously, going back to my math analogy, yes, you do need to know math because you have a budget. And if you don't, you need to have a budget. Uh, You do have, uh, you know, you have to work and that you get paid money and time for money and you go spend that money in various places and you have to make sure that You don't spend more than you have. So yes, you don't ignore the weaknesses that you have. And and obviously, math is not listed as a strength, so to speak, right? So let me finish this in the last bit of our time. When you go into that assessment uh, and you you take the assessments, about 20 bucks, and they give you your what we call your signature themes. There's they give you your top five. Now there are 34 talents, 34 themes. And they're listed from one to 34 in the order how they how they run the assessment. So if you if you do panic and you skip a few questions, which sometimes people are they're really thinking about something and it advances and then the panic comes in and then they freak out and they miss two or three more and then they settle down and then they get back into the groove of taking it. Yeah, you know, that is formulated. The assessment is formulated to compensate for that type of situation. So if you miss a few, then it's not going to totally mess up and skew your assessment results, okay? After you finish, if you've taken the assessment for $19.99, say 20 bucks, you're going to get your top five signature themes, and you're going to get a report. I want you to print that report out, and I want you to become a student of you. I want you to really start to read and research. Why? Because God has uniquely gifted you with strengths, gifts, and talents. And for you to perform those with excellence requires you to be able to identify them. The other thing there are two other parts to it. If you have the money, which I strongly encourage, if you can save up fifty bucks, I'm not giving you a link to this because I'm not a, I'm not 
uh, there's not like an affiliate to this. So I'm not getting a commission. I'm just telling you how to do the assessment. Uh, you can do for, f it's like 50 bucks. You get the full 34 themes, one through 34, and shows you in order, in order of dominance. So one, one is your highest uh, rated one where all, where the answers that you gave uh, reflected this particular level of dominance or strength. And then when you scoot down to the last 10, then that's your, your areas of least areas of talent. Doesn't mean you can't perform in those. It's just that you're not going to perform consistently at a near perfect basis. That's where you're going to look for people who those are their strengths and you're going to work together on different projects. That's how that kind of works. If you only have the 20 bucks and you do the assessment and you get the top five, great. Just study those, learn all you can and start becoming a student of your kids, not labeling them. I'm mean, here right now. We're not doing labels. I don't want you, when you see me, to come up and say, oh, I'm a achiever, influencer, thinker, relater. No, no. You're who you are. I see that happens with the Myers-Briggs. I see that happen with love languages. I see that happen with, with, with uh, Enneagram. We identify ourselves by a type or a letter or a code. No, we're not. Those are just windows. Those are just a peek. It's like looking in a window at how someone else thinks, feels, and behaves and processes the world around them. So if all you can do is the $20, and, and this is for adults, okay, adults and college kids, uh, that's where we've, that's, you know, vocabulary is developed, life experience is more uh, uh, dom predominant there. And... Uh, you can always go back in and pay the 35 bucks or something like that and get the full 34. That doesn't mean you have to take the assessment again. It doesn't mean that. It just means that you can kind of like pull the curtain back and see all of them. If you're able to get the full 34, I'm just going to encourage you now to do it. It's five cups of coffee. If you, you know, if you get a fancy coffee or it's a couple meals, a couple date nights, it would be well worth the investment in you. Because you have to engage with the world around you. And what a better way for you to know when you're beating your head against the wall, not literally, figuratively, trying to do something you're just, you just don't have, let's say, the, the talent to do that. And I'm going to unpack that next week. So you're going to come back next week. We're going to dive more into understanding what those strengths are. If you have any questions, y'all can always reach out to me. But you know, as I close with this, I want you to consider a couple of things. All of you, me included, I have been on a very serious journey of transformation uh, over the last couple of years. And I can honestly say, I don't believe I'm the same person I was in 20, early 2019 that I am today. The last two years have been uh, a two years trial for me. Uh, lots of lots of upheaval, lots of hard things to walk through. And for a transformation to happen in people, there's three key factors that happen. So 10% of your transformation comes from your formal learning, like listening to podcasts, going to classes, uh, listening to webinars, studying, reading books. That's only 10%.
And then you have 20% of this transformation that's kind of based on social learning. Kids are deeply engrossed in that. That could be coaching, having somebody walk you through. It could be counseling. It could be friends, friendship conversations or just discussions in various, you know, forums. Could be in your son in your life groups at church. It could be through mentoring. But see, that's still only 20% of a transformation. But you know, 70% of transformation is based on the experiential learning that comes from on the job. What you've figured out, what challenges you faced, how you have worked through various challenges. And then the key would be, how did you apply all that? So when I'm telling you that I, I have been on a serious transformation, 70% of that has been just what has happened in my life. I already knew the information. I had already had all the formal training, even the mastery coach. So I call myself a strengths practitioner. Some people call me a master coach. I really like helping people understand how God made them and how that matters in the grand scheme of things, how it matters within your family, how it matters, how it impacts the relationships with those around you, and how it can transform your own life and your own walk. And so that you have a better understanding that, you know, God has made you unique, special for a purpose, He's got a calling. And I want to help you be equipped for the calling that he has called before you. Motherhood, whether it's your business, your marriage. And that's the power of what I have seen happen as I have worked with folks for now 30-some years. Going all the way back to my Disney days. <laughs> I, I, those are fun days for me, for sure. So make sure, I'm going to have the show notes. I'll have the different books that come from the Clifton from Donald Clifton, from Tom Rath, from the different strengths assessment. I'll have all those links in the show notes. So you may need to scoot over and read that blog post on ConnieAubers.com. And then tune back in. I, you know, I tell you this every time. I think you're going to enjoy this. I, I think this is going to be meaningful to you. I'm going to say probably out of all the podcasts that I've done, and we've had some great ones, and I'm so glad you've been along with us for the journey. Of all of them, I believe that this could be probably, this series that we're going to do together could potentially be a transformational experience for you. Now, mind you, it will only be 20% because you're going to have to do a lot more work and you're going to have to walk through. You're going to have to do the hard work. Transformation doesn't happen in a classroom, right? So I appreciate you joining me for Equipped to Be as we dive into Strengths Defined, Strengths Understood, Strengths Applied, and then we'll make a case for strengths design theory. What does God have to say about all this? You guys have a great week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.